This podcast is part of the Deluxe Edition Network. To find other great shows on the network, head over to deluxeeditionnetwork.com. That's deluxeeditionnetwork.com. Join host Dave Houghton and Sarah Ray Pallick as they examine the less glamorous side of sports with their podcast, In a Pickle. Follow IAP Radio on social media by going to iapradio.com. In a Pickle is now part of the Den Network. For more information, go to iapradio.com. Attention. The MILF and Me podcast contains strong language and open conversations about sexuality, a multitude of lifestyles, and occasional criticism of political fuckery. Keep politics out of your pants, folks. Your hosts Antonio and Diana are not certified relationship therapists. We are cynical assholes with microphones, pretty much like every other podcast. And so with that out of the way, enjoy the show. Welcome to the Milf Me Podcast. I'm your host, Antonio, here with my lovely host, Diana. Diana, welcome back to the studio. Hello. Have you had a good week? Oh, yeah. You know, just the usual shit. Work, kids. Work, kids. At least it's sunny out. You can <laughs> oh send them God. outside and do Loving things. It. Yeah, I've been hanging out at the pool. I have a friend with a pool and... I mean, I'm not using him for his pool, but maybe kind of. <laughs> yeah, it's been great. A little bit of intent there. Let's not lie. <laughs> so we have a return guest again. Really excited. We've got Mariah of the Salty Sex Cast back on the show. Mm-hmm. Had a great episode with her before. And we've got her back to do our favorite little game show, Love Guru Roulette. Roulette. But before, yeah, before we get into that, mm-hmm. Mariah, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you for having me again. Great conversation last time. Learned a lot. Learned a lot about Utah. Like I'm proud of Utah, aren't you, Diana? I am get I am I'm getting there. Yeah, I'm a lot more proud since we've started our podcast, I'll tell you right now, for sure. I think because you and I our conversations are all based off of personal experiences of like ourselves and mm-hmm. friends. Rarely have we had the opportunity to speak to someone who's got their finger on the pulse and actually right. helps people. With their sexual health, with their sexual insecurities, yeah. or one of the things that I liked that you said, Mariah, was sexual awakenings. Yes. That's what we need. We need so some good. awakenings. Yeah. Love it. We're waking up from our Mormon slumber in Utah. <laughs> yeah. The Mormon slumber. I've never heard it put that way, but it's so true. It's so true. Now, if we can just get the Mormon slumber to wake up on liquor laws and other things like that would be great. Oh, hey. I don't think our out-of-state listeners understand what we deal with when it comes (laughs) to that kind of stuff, unless they visit and they think that, oh, it's like Footloose. There's no bars. There's no dancing. There's no no sex. Yeah. (laughs) Well, anyway, so this is Love Guru Roulette. Um, It's a fun little show we put together. We play five random love gurus, and we're going to dissect what they have to say, deconstruct. We might have different opinions on it. I don't know. That's just all part of the fun. Mm -hmm. So let's get this going. Hello and welcome to the Love Guru Roulette, the game show where my co-host Diana, our special guest Mariah, and myself will play five random love gurus and deconstruct their message. Good, bad, undecided. We will find out. So let's get on with the show. Let's go ahead and spin the wheel on the first one. 
marriage is an L. So my thing is you never sign a contract with someone who is rewarded for breaking it. And women in today's day and age, if the guy's the breadwinner, they are rewarded by breaking the marriage contract. See, if you look at the vows of marriage, what do they say? They say, till death do us part. That has to mean something in today's day and age. But it ain't the case. If I do marry a girl, it has to be till death do us part. There is no divorce. So like to me, like I'd have to be so certain, but your words have to mean something. Till death do us part has to mean something. And frankly, in today's day and age, it doesn't. What do you think about that? That just gives permission for a husband or a wife to beat the shit out of their spouse because divorce is not an option. Like that seems a little yikes. I mean, divorce was never an option for me and my ex-husband now. We just didn't believe in it but it became toxic and we both knew that we were going to kill each other. And we sat down at the table and we were grown ass adults about it and said, you know what? Our families are going to be heartbroken over this because we come from my dad's Greek Orthodox, which is a lot like Catholic. He came from super Mormon. Divorce is not an option, but when you're going to kill each other, possibly maybe one day someone's going to get hurt. It's time to part ways. We can love each other from a distance and we do. We have a fantastic relationship. It's a hard one for me. It's a hard one. Well, for one, it's one man. Let me describe the video <laughs> to like what five, six women in the room. He was like kind of like lecturing about like it's an L. I'm going to come already in telling you what my definition of marriage is. Mm -hmm. But until the person I'm signing this contract has that same definition, it's pointless. Um, if we can't agree upon, no one goes into a marriage expecting divorce right right um unless they are a gold digging person that he was trying to convey like you know it's a loss it's this um it's an exchange maybe it's a financial change for you but what if you that spouse uh you destroyed their confidence um they ended up having five kids and they cannot mentally emotionally take care of those kids and the women primarily may have that primary job for caretaking of children. So you lose financially, but she may lose in other things too. And I'm saying this in a heteronormative expectation on what his definition of those were. Um, so when he said, he kept saying, till death do us part, like yeah. what does that really mean? It really means like, what are we actually saying marriage is to us? Mm -hmm. And can we have this contract that is not signed and it's an agreed upon thing? We aren't actually going through a legal marriage, but we are in a partnership that is still committed. Yes. Who's to tell me my partnership that is committed is any less than this piece of paper and this court, you know, thing that we went through. Yes. So I think it, for him to say that in such a black and white, I will tell you any guru on here who has an all or nothing mentality, I'm going to shit all over them. Me too. I'm so, the same. I'm the same way. I don't like that. that I, that's the number one thing you can tell if yep. like it's not a good, healthy piece of advice. Yep. And one of the things I have issues with the men matter movement and that's not to say that I do think that there are men out there who are disenfranchised, whether it is with the legal system of marriage laws or divorce laws, or maybe they just never really had a real footing in the marriage or the relationship. There is something about this that I hate. What I can't stand about this is the fact that the audience that he's speaking to in this video are all just very young and very attractive young women that really they are intentionally trying to promote as like the hoe vibe. 
You know, he's he's speaking to this women as if these are the only women out there that men are trying to marry, that men are trying to get with. And it's a plant. It's a play. It is all set up. It is a fucking used car lot that they're putting all the show cards at the front of the lot when the real reliable cars are the ones that are in the back. It's just a show. It's just an act. The problem is there are a lot of insecure men or men that feel like they don't have a chance with a woman this gorgeous that this kind of message makes them think, oh, well, why would I even try and marry a woman like this? I'm going to just build myself up and I'm going to buy this guy's program and I'm going to go take the Hustlers University shit and become a baller and then I can score a woman like this and she'll obey me when honestly there are so many women like y'all out there that aren't going to fall for this bullshit. But it doesn't help the American male youth who mm-hmm. think that this is gospel. That's where this really bugs me. Yeah, totally. You're not going to have successes. You will have your L's. You will have your L's. A perfect example. My partner and I, we've been together five years. We have a daughter. We bought a house together. We don't even consider ourselves engaged anymore. Like there is an engagement ring, but at the same time, we are still learning each other and we are still learning how to be a parent and all this stuff like that. Where it's gotten to the point where it's like, yes, I think marriage would be a great thing to happen one day. But if it doesn't happen, I would much rather have my partner, my family, my situation than a fucking certificate or a license somewhere that says I'm married like Mariah was saying, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Is marriage an L to this guy? Well, yeah. When it's pitched like this, to when me. His focus is just money. For me, yeah, marriage would be like a goal. Right. Like, can we love each other and trust each other enough that we can finally say, yes, I want to marry you. But in this state that we live in, people are getting married at 19 and 20 because they can't have sex until they're 19 and 20. Right, right. Most of them kind of are anyway. Right. But I think, again, it's that whole morality, religious ideology thing that's like, no, you can't do this until you're married. And so, yeah, marriage is an L when you're not ready. Right. Absolutely. Okay. I think we uh, cleared that up. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go on with the next one. We're like, it's not hard to date us. I just need you to be obsessed with me, but you not like too obsessed with me. You definitely need to call and text me every day, but you're one text away from being a literal stalker. I need you to make plans to hang out with me, but not too many plans. Like, do you have a life of your own? Ew. I need you to be financially independent and know how to make money, but not like too obsessed with money. You know what I mean? I want you to have such a good relationship with your mom, but like definitely why are you on the phone with her so much? It's a red flag if you talk about your ex-girlfriend, but like don't talk about her too much. Like, are you obsessed with her? I definitely want cute gifts every now and then, but you can't buy my love. Like, come on. I need you to be like a raging feminist, but also like super manly and masculine at the same point in time. Like hang my TV up on the wall, but also know that I can do it myself, you know? I need you to make me laugh and not take life too seriously, but you also take life seriously. You know what I mean? (laughs) I just like don't get why I'm single. (laughs) (laughs) So obviously she's fucking around, but... Love the satire. There are are some points there, I would say, because I've experienced them with dating. Are you kidding me? She's so right. 100%. So you can say that. She literally is in my... She's living in my brain right now. I mean, it's like, okay, I want a really dominant man, but don't fucking raise your voice at me. Who are you fucking talking to? Yeah, no, she's definitely, she's spot on. There's a, there's a fine line. It's really hard to find. Um, I guess 
just for me and my experience is be yourself, just be organic and things will naturally happen. Just be you like, don't go over the top. Like if you want to buy me a gift, you know, that's my love language because we've communicated it, communication. Um, then you'll buy me a cute little gift every once in a while. Don't go over the top. Don't try to be an impressor. I think um, a lot of dudes do. They try to just impress and go over the top and then it's just too, too much. So then it goes from, I really want this, but not how you're doing it mm -hmm. is kind of how that looks. Um, so yeah, she's, <laughs> women are very complicated. <laughs> we are very layered and confusing, emotional people. And I'm kind of right where she is <laughs> in that exact thing. Yeah, I am. It's confusing. But like I said, there's a line. And if a man can just be himself, that is more respectful. And that will get my attention more than someone just like going, pushing themselves on me and forcing it and forcing it. And I have guys having conversations with themselves in my DMs right now. Mm hmm. Like they're having conversations by, with themselves. Like, hey, how are you? Hey, what are you doing today? Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> Once a day for the last two weeks. Um, it's a little bit much, but it's like, just chill. Just chill. Just relax. Everyone just relax. Fuck. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Mariah? Um, well, I love that she's like polarizing the extremes, right? Yeah. You know, because like, let's go above and beyond to really highlight how oh, yeah. we are complex so fucking creatures complex. everyone are <laughs> I, and i wouldn't even say this is exclusive to women or even straight women either um oh, yeah so i think this is so helpful to realize for one if we are generalizing women we have a monthly cycle instead of a daily cycle of hormones hmm. like men have daily cycles um so maybe in the morning a man is going to like be pumped full of energy and he does want to be able to like go do this and then towards the evening it's like yes, I want my wife to cook for me and then do all these, you know, other things. So she's kind of showing that how even in our cycle, it can change. We're going to be independent as fuck. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to be like weak little things. It's like, please help me. I'm sad in my emotions. And I don't yeah, know. And I can't do you know, it. <laughs> right. And so it does go for just hormonal shifts. I can tell you so true. So if I don't know myself and I can't communicate what my needs are in the moment that could possibly change so quickly, then of course it's going to be confusing and frustrating for my partner, whether my partner is a male, female, um, and, and whether or not they can understand those hormonal shifts and those needs that how they vary. Um, there's so many times that I'm like, I want to be super independent until I burn myself out. And then I need someone to completely take care of me because that's situational. Mm -hmm. yes. If I'm not understanding my pattern of what my needs are, how am I going to communicate that to? And how is my partner going to guess? They're not mind readers. Yeah. But I will say those extremes, those polarizing things. I'm like, yes, totally. Yes, I know. <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot of truth to it. So good. Um, yeah. Even though it was that black and white extreme example because of the, the satire. The satire let's, for yeah, it. You know, and extreme it. Yeah, I've, I've, there isn't a single woman that I've dated or been in a long-term relationship that did not have some of these examples from here and there. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because when we do listen to a lot of like the red pill stuff in the men's groups, they are saying that, well, that's the woman's problem and we need to figure out how to fix it. <laughs> I've always, I've always had the best results in situations like this by just keeping the status quo. Because if I emotionally adjust to you in an extreme one way or another, 
now I'm just feeding a fire that's already there. If I can just be a support and just be the status quo and just say, like, okay, you're feeling this way. Yeah. What can I do? Yeah. Do I need to fuck off? I'll fuck off. Yeah. Or do I need to help you with this and stuff like that? Instead of being that, let's say, enabling energy of, I need to help you feel better. I need to help you do this. I need to help you do that. It doesn't work. And I know that because that was me, like super simp me in my 20s, thought that everything was my fault and I was the one to fix it. Yeah. No, guess what? Just like Mariah said, there are so many facets at play in this. The best thing you can do is just be consistent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just be consistent. That's always worked the best for me. So I don't know if that's good advice for everybody, but for me, it worked. Yeah, totally. In terms of red flags, I think the most important things to get right are, and this is for both guys and girls, Hello? is your partner psychologically stable? And what that means is after any incident that takes them off center in terms of their uh, mood, how quickly do they return to baseline? And you want it to be within six to 12 hours at most. You want them to be able to deal with some stress, some disagreement, some argument or whatever it is. And within a not forever amount of time, get back to baseline. I have some friends for whom them and their partners will have an argument and they're both blocked on every social media and every messaging app for like two weeks. And they're like, having to email each other or do whatever it is. Um, yeah, I agree with this for sure. Six to 12 hours, I think is it's, I don't like when people put a time frame on things like that. Like mm-hmm. who are you to say how long it's going to take me to get over my shit? Like, but he's right. I mean, I know me and if you communicate it correctly to your person or partner, then that's the most healthy way to do it. Like, you fucking pissed me off. I need some time. I don't know how long that's going to be, but leave me alone and we'll come back to this. We'll come back around. Mm-hmm. Instead of being immature and petty and blocking each other. I mean, that's some bullshit right there. That's just elementary fucking social media bullshit that I... listen. Like we've had one new way to not communicate like, with each other. <laughs> if you're if you're doing that, then you literally need to come back to home base and ask yourself why you're in a relationship in the fucking first place because that is not okay that's just weird um but like saying six to 12 hours is a great time no you don't get to you don't get to evaluate a time frame on when your person's going to be okay to dissect the problem um but absolutely it's very very healthy to just always fucking use your words we are adults Mm -hmm. use your words and say you know that you did this and it didn't feel good or it made me feel this way not you hurt my or you did this to me or you 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 like the way that you delivered that or the way that you said this or you know that didn't feel good and why and whatever take a step back I think a cooling off period is very very important especially coming out of the relationship that was extremely toxic that I was in for four months there was no cooling down period it was high energy, high screaming, yelling, fighting. And I would shut down in those situations. I was like, whoa, like what is happening right now? This is not what I'm used to because I am emotionally intelligent and I know how to communicate. But you can't communicate with just yourself. You Mm -hmm. have to have somebody that's going to communicate as well. So it's important. Um, 
yeah, I agree. I totally agree with him. Just the time frame was weird when he put a time frame structure on it. Like six to 12 hours is healthy. How do you know? Right. <laughs> how the fuck do you know? Yeah. I love how you say use your words, but also mean your words. Yeah. Back. Uh, I think that's a, it's a big thing. So uh, this is actually something I teach adults right now in my day job. Um, you know, emotional intelligence. We talk about bio responses, um, fight, flight, freeze, or repeat. Anytime you feel a threat. So his six to 12 hours is actually extreme. So that's um, going back to homeostasis level of calm. You can do it in moments if you are self-aware and you have the right coping mechanisms. Mm -hmm. So what he's probably saying is the outer effects of what, how you react to the other things. So you can still be going through that inner turmoil for hours, days, weeks, months, years. Um, depending on how impactful it was. I mean, was it somebody who who cut you off in traffic that you're immediately upset about? Six to 12 hours, that's extreme. But <laughs> if it was a, a spouse who um, physically harmed your child, yeah, that's going to be years, years. that I'm going to be fucking pissed about that. Yep. Um, or a partner, trusted person, you know. So when he is talking about uh, calming back down and coming back down to what I say is homeostasis. So you're not in a state of bio response. You're not in a state of there's a threat that I need to protect myself against. Mm -hmm. I'm reacting. Um, and then with a partner, how am I communicating? So uh, I was talking about my husband knows things are most dangerous in our relationship when I calmly come to him and use words that I mean and I'm very slow in my speech because I'm super intentional mm -hmm. Yep. because you have no clue the shit that I'm holding behind right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I am filtering everything that I would love to throw, spit, yell, yeah. scream, whatever. Um, even in my words, the spite, whatever I am so, like having to calm myself so much down. And so I think that six to 12 hours, if you are unable to have a human connection with that within six to 12 hours where you're meaning your words and you're saying what you mean um, or you're using your words and you're meaning what you're saying. And um, that's when you need to really probably look at maybe anger management or therapy or something that can help you get to that place where you can connect with another human being yeah. in a calm manner in six to 12 hours. You don't have to have everything solved by then though. Yeah. I love that, Mariah, what you said real quick. Sorry, Antonio. Um, when I speak to my kids that way in that tone, what you just said, <laughs> I get the most Scary. attention. They're like, Oh, she's fucking serious. Like she is way too calm right now. This is scary as shit. It's you get way more, uh, reaction or attention from whoever it is you're in front of when you're this way, because they know they're like, mm -hmm. Oh God damn, she could be screaming at me right now. But yeah, there's a lot in there. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things I always talk about is the importance of sustainability, yeah. you know, and learning what your sustainability methods are in a relationship or even with yourself, even at work. And one of the things that because of the toxic relationships I had in the past, I always used to hear people talk about how great makeup sex was. I 100% am against it because I had two very toxic relationships that would get like this. You would have a very intense conversation, argument, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And instead of having that cooling off period, it would lead to this makeup sex. Well, guess what? You didn't solve anything. You conditioned. You conditioned. You actually created a reward for both you and your partner at the time. Yep. That was so fucking awesome because there were already these heightened emotions Therefore, you did not get to create a level of sustainability mm -hmm. of cooling down and like backing off and learning how to 
communicate better in the future, how not to get an argument. Well, your subconscious mind knew it was coming. Your subconscious mind was like, oh, we're going to fuck so good after this. It's going to be amazing. This is why <laughs> I am. Reset. This is why I've really come to the conclusion about men not fully developing mentally until they're like 26 to age 30 uh -huh. because all of these things happened in that time frame where uh -huh. all I was thinking about was sex. Yeah. Mm. And then, you know, after like age 35 for me is like, yes, yeah, sex is still fucking great. Right. Do you know how soothing sustainability and calmness is? Totally. Oh my God. It's almost orgasmic sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> totally. The, the sex you have when you have been misaligned to then when you have this burst, Alignment. outburst, or this, uh, yeah. and then you are aligned, it's not makeup sex, it's connected sex. It's like mind-blowing. And so that's what people probably crave a little bit. Or like when people say makeup sex, I'm like, no, it's, it's angry and you're taking your anger actually out in a sexual way, which is fun, but it's not healthy. It is not healthy. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> They are putting themselves in a position that is going to be detrimental to them oh, long term. It's from a coach. Getting married and divorced, that's like that's like the clock strike midnight. Your life is going to be forever tainted. Yeah. Now, she's going to try to patch it up and they act like she's living her best life. But when she in the kitchen having dinner with her dog, and then eventually when she gets old enough where she's eating the dog food, and then when there's no more dog food, she's eating the dog. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough. When women so his whole message about women <laughs> oh, getting divorced. God. This is for Diana. This one I actually picked. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Good job. Thanks. By the way, this is Coach. Coach blah, 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 whatever the fuck right? his name is. I was like, oop, red flag right there. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I'm going to tell you right now that that's some bullshit. I'm not eating alone with my two cats. I don't have a dog, but I don't eat alone. with. Maybe I do. Fuck, I don't know, but I'm not miserable. I'm not eating the cat food. <laughs> I'm not eating my cats. Like, what the hell? I have struggled. Sure. I've been divorced for almost 11 years and absolutely I've struggled. And I've been in my shit and I've bawled my eyes out and I've been lonely and I've craved compassion or, wow, companionship. Mm -hmm. um, but I pull myself back up and fucking go. That's what we do. That's what humans do. We don't wallow around forever just because we had one big life hiccup. Mm -hmm. That's just not how it works. I'm sorry. And plus also too, I will throw this in there. Um, there are some times where you really do need to get a divorce. I'm sorry. It has to happen. Antonio has been in this situation. I'm not going to speak for you, but I will speak for me. If it becomes unhealthy and it cannot be resolved and you've done years and years of therapy, years of therapy, it's time to part ways. You do not have to stay married and be miserable. You can actually probably love that person more if you're not with them. Mm -hmm. And that is where I am. I mean, that's so no, every single thing that came out of his mouth was completely bizarre. Mm -hmm. I don't agree with any of it. That's a jaded man that was left at one point. Um, probably a couple times. I yes. feel like. <laughs> so, so his, his stream of consciousness that is spewed out in that video was like, there was no even connecting thought. I was like, where are we going with this? Like there, what was the purpose of this? Um, but anyone who usually typically calls themselves a coach on social media is not a well-trained coach. Yeah. So, 
there's my one little pet peeve. There's probably other people out there that are, but I I hate it. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. my... I agree. Uh, I agree. Anywho, who, who does hold a coaching certificate and works really hard to keep it. Um, and yours, your Instagram isn't Coach Mariah? Ew. <laughs> nope. I'm not that ego-fueled. Um, so, so there's a lot of things that I have to say about his, but he really is how he views divorce is the ultimate worst thing that can happen in a relationship that mm-hmm. you should chip yourself away to force yourself to fit with this person. Because if you don't, you're less than, and you're going to be this sad, miserable person that has this less than life. So much so that you have to eat your pets. Food right. Like how he food. kept going on. That's how he is viewing somebody who's, and, and I've actually even heard my own spouse say this and like, oh my gosh, I can't believe, you know, we just heard so-and-so's getting divorced. He was like, to have to start all over again. And I was like, that's very fascinating that that's how you see it. Yeah. You see it as, look at all this stuff I've built. And now it just came tumbling out. It's like a Lego tower yeah. and it yeah. just came tumbling talk down. We about the tower all the time. We do. And um, I'm, I'm like, no, maybe it's a wall that you've built stone by stone of a person you are. And you've been building this wall and that divorce is the tumbling of a wall and you can be your free self. Now it's like the beginning. Yes, mm-hmm. it's a beginning. It's a new beginning and it's something so great. So it really it depends on how do you view a breakup? When is it necessary? It's absolutely necessary. I got married at 18 and I got divorced at 19 because I got married for the wrong reasons. I had no clue what marriage meant and partnership meant and yeah. was very naive in what I thought Religion. was the next religious step because we were going to have sex. <laughs> uh, well, we were having sex. And so the the moral thing to do was to get married um, yeah. again for the wrong reasons and to please society. So uh, I think it's just, it's all his viewpoint on divorce is the worst thing ever. Being single is the worst thing ever. Mm-hmm. Some people act like it is awful. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah, I know. I I'd see love that to have too. a single year of just like not having to worry about anyone else's needs, but my own not to go free and go out there with it's, other people. It's freaky on how good and comfortable it's starting to feel. Mm. Very freaky. Right. But you're a woman commune. I'm going to ju- uh, just, okay, <laughs> let's go. It'll be like a, a, a three days a month. You guys can just go to your single woman commune. Uh, and yeah. get Hell, out of your yes. System. Hell yes. Uh, one of the things about this, and, and I talk about this a lot, is just like how things are projected and promoted on social media, especially how the loudest voices are usually the minority because people who are actually doing the work and living their life and trying to build things, mm-hmm. they don't have time to be loud. Yep. Like, right. why the fuck am I going to tell my story online or on Reddit? I'm too busy building a life and a family and doing the work and, and being doing the awesome. work. Right. And the ones that are the loudest that are like, oh, you know, my life sucks. I'm eating the dog food and now I'm going to eat the dog. Yeah, because they care more about that than actually doing the work. Yeah, they are out there. He's not wrong that they are out there. But the fact that you're selling this whole message that that is the end all be all mm-hmm. is bullshit. That's the only you. way. And that he looks legit. He's got a microphone, an expensive one or whatever. <laughs> He's got a coach in front of his name. You yeah. know, it's exciting. <laughs> Ugh, it's easy to fall for it. Gross. Gross. 
A lot of people think single moms are just women without a spouse. Sometimes you can be a single mom in a relationship because you are doing all the work and all he's been prepared to be as a man is a protector and a provider, but nobody told him he has to be a nurturer. So you have some of these women that are losing themselves in a marriage because they excessively have to be a mom and a dad because you are there and you are not helping. You want this woman to be your wife, but how can she when she's a full-time mom doing overtime on momming because you're not helping? You don't feel like freeing up a day or two so she can enjoy herself? So she can go out, so she can feel like a human being, so she can revitalize herself, so she can be her best version of herself for you. But yet and still, you'll work, you'll come home, and she's doing the same things. It's not like she's just a stay-at-home mom. No, she works and she takes care of the kids. Almost full-time. Listen, men, it is our responsibility to raise our children too. A duh. <laughs> a duh. Yeah. I love him. His delivery sometimes gets on my... Gets on my nerves. He's very yeller. He's a yeller. Yeah, he's right. I mean, he's not wrong for sure. I see it everywhere. I see it with Antonio. I mean, it's like with your for you know, with mm-hmm. your oldest son. There are a lot of married couples and divorcees, even where one of the parents just isn't pulling their weight. And it's sad, it's unfair, and it will eventually ruin whatever is there. It just will. It will just it'll be it's a dead weight you get exhausted it's it, it causes resentment mm-hmm. if, I'm, if I'm being completely honest you start resenting your partner and your person and that will chip away at the relationship eventually I mean you won't want to have sex because mm-hmm. it's like it's not attractive to it's have not attractive someone. yeah it's like fuck I'm fucking exhausted like what did you do you went to yoga after work and didn't come home and like how like good for you. I'm glad you're centered. Mm-hmm. Glad you went to yoga. It's like what gives, and I see it a lot, and it's it is really sad. It makes me um, smile maybe because I'm single. <laughs> um, and, but it does. It's heartbreaking, and when you have to pick up the pieces in every aspect, there's no partnership. That is mm-hmm. not a partnership. It's one person. You're taking care of all of it. They're just existing under the roof. That's mm-hmm. it. That's how I see it. What do you think? Mariah? Choosing my words carefully. I know. I know. This one is to home. This uh, is hard for me too. I had to yeah. be careful because right. I was I married once and I don't want to. I don't want to put blame, but I do feel like society does set us up for failure yes. because there's no modeling of what is the invisible labor. Yep. Yeah. He said financial and protector because that's all men have been conditioned that that's your job. Not all, but historically we are changing the narrative so quickly. And I love videos like this because it's bringing more conversations to the table. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, it had, a, it was, it wasn't until I was educated and found my voice to then request to my spouse and share with my spouse and say, Hey, and there's still some resentment and we still have communications about that. And he's like, you act like you raised our kids by yourself. And I'm like, please don't tell me that because <laughs> yeah. that is still how I see a lot of their younger childhood. Me too. Me when, too. Yes, he was an amazing financial provider and it ended there. And I don't want to discredit all the work and sacrifice my spouse has been through. And so it's just really great to be able to, when you talk about partnership, it is an exchange and it's not always a 50-50 exchange. Yep. There are times that I will be doing and so he said full time, I say all time. Yeah. You you are never a parent off. 
you are even when you have a babysitter, you are still a parent first and foremost. 100%. You're, at, you're on that date and you're considering like, oh, is the kids, are they going to bed in time? Is the babysitter okay? You're still a parent. That doesn't Your change. Your kids turn 18, you're still a fucking parent. Just so you know when you're, yeah. if for the people that are divorced, mm-hmm. that doesn't even change when you're divorced and, and the they kids go to parent, are yeah. with him because we're every other week. When they're with him for an entire week, it doesn't end. Mm-hmm. Like I'm helping him seriously with pickup, drop off, whatever. And yeah. then they're calling or FaceTiming me. I'm like, we're juggling. It never ends. They're just not under my roof. I'm not cooking them dinner. That's it. That's yeah. the only difference. You're still emotionally, psychologically um, there. And so I think what this is saying is as a as a father or just another, the other parent, you have a bigger responsibility and and mothers and fathers I think can both relate to this because um, not understanding the full scope of labor that goes into raising children so I think as far as parenthood goes absolutely and then we can talk about like re- partnership and relationships too even without kids there's still you know going to be an exchange yeah totally it's hard for me because I don't know if it's the way I've trained the algorithm when I find these but I don't see a lot of gurus coaches or just uh people who are just trying to spread their their message and their word that talk about this. Anytime you see one of these men, I've already played three of them for the mm-hmm. most part, it is all about how, no, men, you are the provider. You are the worker. You're the defender. You know, I will go out and kill anyone that hurts my family. Therefore, I deserve a stake in a blowjob. We've talked about yep, this totally. over and over again. That is like such the message that's being sent out to the men and we played this guy like three or four times, uh-huh. maybe more, because he's really brought some insightful things that I don't think men either are aware of or they're not ready to accept. And that is, yes, there's more than just being the provider. Right. The one that we really liked was where your father taught you how to be a man, but he didn't teach you how to be a partner. Yes. Ooh. That was a big 100%. one. 100%. I loved that one. That was a that. big one. And, you know, my dad, I think, did a good job on teaching me how to be both because the reason why I am so great with women in communication, women just feel safe around me. And it's been my whole thing. It's because since I was a little kid, he taught me manners and he taught me, Mm -hmm. um, you know, how not to be like overly aggressive with girls and stuff like that. If, if you like a girl, you know, don't go pinch them and stuff like that. Like girls do to you, write them a letter, write them a card, draw them a picture he was teaching me emotional connections at an yeah. early, early age. And I think that's just turned me into who I am now, where so many of my friends who I love to death, it was the message of, yeah, go out there and get that cheerleader boy, you know, that's and pray. go that's out how and, I was go raised. and get them, you know. How, and- you're, how you're describing right now is exactly how I was raised. A farmer and he just worked his ass off and that's it. Came inside, ate dinner, went back out. Like that was my life. I'm not totally. saying that the the modern male needs a deprogramming. Like I'm not saying that they all have to be unconditioned from whatever they've been taught. No. Just be open to the conversation that there are other ways to be a partner and there are other ways to be a father. And that's why stuff like this really gets me because that's how I am. That's how I would want to be. Yeah. And, you know, like Mariah was saying, like it, it's creating a baseline between both partners and keeping that communication open. I think that's crucial. Mm-hmm. I've got one wild card for you. Oh, boy. Just because of our conversation on the last episode, this one's more just kind of fun and satirical, but this is more for Mariah. 
<laughs> hello, hello, and welcome to a day in the life. My girlfriend is currently dating eight other people, and for the sake of scheduling, we set one day aside a week where all her partners come over at different times. The first appointment of the day was Chris. While Yvette prepares the room, we share a brew and a laugh. In this economy, guys like Chris are hard to come by, but not hard to come with. And he's done. I made a scheduling error for Yvette's noon session and accidentally triple booked the venue. The venue is what we call Yvette's co- we decided to send in the guys one at a time. Ian went in first, and while he was busy with Milady, I kept Elliot and Christian busy on the courts. While Ian broke her back, I broke their ankles. Then it was time for Elliot to head up. Ian rejoined us, but didn't want to play because he, quote unquote, just had the life sucked out of him. Guess he doesn't have that Mamba mentality. Rest in peace, Kobe. Then I went up with Christian because Yvette oh. lets me pick one person to watch. What a show! Encore, encore. Then I sent the boys on their way. It was already 3 p.m., so Yvette and I had ourselves a late lunch. I got a Caesar wraps because when she has all these people over, it feels like I'm getting stabbed in the back. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That is awesome. Oh, so funny. I mean, extreme satirical, obviously. Oh, yeah, love it. And there's so much truth. That's why these are funny. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, gosh, no, this is all you. <laughs> I think it's great. I think it's hilarious. He made it funny. Um, these are kind of hard, though, sometimes because it's like, wait. Were they just being funny? Is this fake or is that real? Is that really their life? And that they just, yeah, you know, <laughs> of course he went to the extreme and he's, but is he making fun of the lifestyle? He is. And I can tell you, I know why, because, um, he treated her like, like he was almost her pimp. Mm -hmm. I'm going to hook you up. And then your primary thing is just to get yeah, stuffed. Really, like she was in the room the whole time, and he was like, "No, I was playing basketball with this." He had bros. And I was just having yeah. guys rotate through the room, so that's why I know it's uh like absolutely making fun of it because that is rare, rare, rare case. Not how it is. Like, See, it, I don't know. I don't fucking I know how even it is. Say that's ethical non-monogamy on that right, point, right? Um, but the truth pieces that I love that is highlighted in this video is while she was with another partner, he was still benefiting from her partners. Yeah. They buddies. They were having a beer. They were playing basketball. Yeah. Like you get to still have an exchange. You get to be a buddy if you choose to with your other with your partner's other partners. Yeah, totally. Um, and so those are really fun, too, because when I was trying to like highlight the relationship my daughter has with my ex-girlfriend, I will call her that. Um, it's it's the closest thing I can to relate to as an aunt, but it's very different, too. Um, and so it's just like a really trusted another adult. Um, but it is funny because like, how do you name your partner's partner that you're just buddies with? Like you're really close, but then you both have a very deep emotional connection because yeah. we connect with the same person on a very deep emotional level, even though we're not. It's so fascinating when you really get into the world of polyamory and the amazing mm -hmm. different new types of relationships that we don't have modeled for us. Huh. That oh, is fascinating. It's a fucking hilarious video. It I is. love it it's with some funny. truth. <laughs> well, that's what we bring here. Truth <laughs> and hilariousness. Yes, yes. <laughs> Mariah, thanks for joining us for Love Guru Lab. This was a fun one. Yeah, it was. I didn't play as many like harsh assholes as I have in the past. Those just leave me feeling kind of icky. Yeah, they piss me off mostly. Uh, yeah. Makes me social media sad. Yeah, well, <laughs> at least we're here to kind of take a shit on it and have some fun. Mm -hmm. hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to this latest episode of Love Guru Roulette. And just like the last time Mariah was on the show, links to her coaching videos and the Salty Sex Cast will be on my show notes. And we just hope to see you again soon. Thank you thank for joining you. us. Thank you. Thank you, Mariah. 